Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. everyone welcome back to another episode of screen heroes i'm already starting this episode off really well strong on point so we might sound different yet familiar we're back to our old mic setup for the time being because we have a guest with us don't talk to derek about it don't talk to me about it don't bring it up in chat whatever you do don't talk about it all right so (laughs) i am right i am your normal host i have two other normal hosts with me that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me i call you handsome most of well the time. i mean like, but normal is probably nicer than handsome because i know you're lying sure. when you say handsome but oh, when you sure. say normal but. then i can believe that we are your regular there you go hosts we're getting closer <laughs> do you want to introduce us or no. like can we this is ryan hi this is Derek. hi and we have a guest i'm the irregular one <laughs> eat more fiber yeah Fantastic. <laughs> Ian. Hi, I'm back. Welcome. I, Ian's back been on the me. show many times. Yeah. yeah, not recently, but. Um, and he hosts Echo Station, which is our resident Star Wars podcast. Yes. So go check out Echo Station. Uh, before we kick things off tonight, I do want to plug something. So. Is um, that your bike? It's not. Do you have a bike So plug? we're in Kansas City, and uh, there is a entertainment and local, like, publication of sorts it's not exactly a newspaper it's not exactly a magazine i'm just gonna call it a pamphlet a publication and uh they're really popular they're called the pitch and every year the pitch does the best of kc and the nominations are open for best of kc 2019 and under arts and and entertainment arts and entertainment there is a section for best local podcast and so if you go to thepitchkc.com slash best of kc19 and go to arts and entertainment please consider nominating screen heroes as the best local podcast of 2019 we That's really appreciate it that is this show yes this is the longest running show on the heroes podcast the best Network. Show. and i mean i think it's the best show i think so personally. too so that's two people you know, so, so uh, if you i'm indifferent <laughs> if you're so interested right. <laughs> uh please nominate us i'd really appreciate that nominations are open until july 8th and then the top uh nominees get put into the voting. So the pitchkc.com slash best of KC19, the arts and entertainment section. Is there All a right. prize? Do we know? Did they say? We would get to say that we're the best local podcast in Kansas City, which would be great. 
Instead, if we get nominated, then we can be like we're the nominee for the best local podcast. Exactly, and just, just like you know, Emmy nominated. Look, we like Academy that. Award. We work. Yeah. We, we work really hard. You've seen the Gemini trailer, and it says Academy Award nominee Will Smith. Yes, you know that's what we want. He the man, works hard. The man was robbed. We want Will Smith and pursuit of happiness. Yes, that's what yeah. we want. All right. Anyway, so that's that's my little spiel. Ray, Go vote. Back to you. All right, so like every week, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, news. What's what's in the news, guys? Lots of E3 stuff happening. That's not us. That's another show. That's a different show. But so... that's, that's news. But go go listen to our sibling show, Gamer Heroes. They'll be covering all of the E3 news. Step siblings. Still yeah, we don't really claim them. I do, oh. since I hosted 60 episodes of the show. <laughs> Fine. Half sibling. Uh, but no, there is there is lots of, of movie news that's out there. Um, is there? I mean, isn't there? The Frozen 2 trailer dropped today. There we go. I didn't see it. I'm so sad. It looks, like, actually dark, like, for a Disney movie. It looks good. Yeah, that's what we're doing <laughs> everything now. Make it dark. That's it looks, like, genuinely, like, oh, what's what's going on there? I mean, I think it looks really good. I do too. Um, the first trailer, the first teaser for it, actually got me really interested. I've never seen the first one all the way through, but I pretty much know the story at this point. Yes. And I'm a- I'm actually really looking forward to the sequel. It looks fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. So now, Ryan, this is something that that I think you really like. I have a list of the news I wanted to cover here, so I was just waiting to see how long you guys argued about whatever news there was or wasn't. Argue? Go ahead. Argue. Um, Swamp Thing. More drama. Yes. A few oh weeks my God, ago, we talked right. about uh, how they cut. Well, it was maybe a couple months ago. I don't know. It was recently they cut uh, the thirteen episode season down to ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, the future of of DC uh, universe was that we didn't know, and then we didn't hear anything. So one thing came out, and the first episode came out, and then they said we're canceling it, <laughs> and they went from ten to zero after getting the highest ratings of any show on DC universe. They decided they're canceling it. So. Um, this boils down to not necessarily a quality issue, but an issue with the paperwork, paperwork of all things. Fucking clerical error. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And so, yeah, the, the highest rated show so far in DC Universe, already not getting a season two because their budget was over by $40 million because of a clerical error with the state of North Carolina. That's a huge over budget. Mm-hmm. There's not many projects that go that much over budget. Nowadays, no, that's, so. that's a huge, I mean, I think their budget because of that went up to like a hundred million or something they were that's banking insane. on like 50 million or 60 million well they, yeah it was supposed to be 40 million from carolina and another 40 million for the show but the show it was already over budget yeah. so it was just it's a disaster it's so much money it's a bad um, deal. but hbo was shopping around they said for it as well as a possible cw appearance which if it's a cw it's appearance, it'll, it'll go CW. down quality. it'll just be swamp thing it won't be anybody else will yeah. it won't HBO be swamp will thing even it'll it. be abby arcane and, and swamp thing will not even be a thing <laughs> i mean <laughs> hbo is a possibility because they are doing watchmen which is a dc mm-hmm. property so there is now a precedent for HBO to do DC stuff, and they could afford it because this this show has the budget of a Game of Thrones oh, yeah. show. Yeah, you know, uh, at this point, its first season costs as much as The Mandalorian, just for perspective. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah, but the swamp. I mean, if you've watched the first episode or two, the swamp set—that's all a set that they yeah. built, and it's gorgeous. Like, and the suit that Swamp Thing wears is gorgeous. Like everything about the show is really great and you can tell why the budget was so high it shows in the show 
And um, that's what's really sad about it. It's like, you can do low budget stuff well, but sometimes, you know, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Right. And they put their resources into the show and, it, you know, well, it low, didn't. Low budget stuff is sitcoms. Let's face it. They have two rooms that they go back and forth between and, you know, they get to wear normal clothes and your highest price item is your actors as they become more and more famous. So, no, and really in this year's only three sets or four yeah. sets. So, you know, there's but they're just on the first season. Whereas like you look at a show like Friends, right? They had to build the sets for all their apartments, but then they got to use them for 10 years. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the cost of that is split up then over 10 seasons. Yeah. You know. Well, when this news came out, it also came out that there's, you know, the same rumor that happened when they cut the season down from 13 to 10 episodes that the DC streaming service is they're considering just getting rid of it. I think it is struggling, which is a damn shame because every time I open that app, it's very apparent that they offer a lot. It's but just... they're not. But really, when you compare, it's what seven ninety nine a month. I don't know. Disney yeah, Plus so. is going to be six ninety nine a month, right? And it's yeah. going to have a ton more content. And you know, I, they, I think looking at it from a business perspective, they're probably like, "There's no way we can compete with this if we do it as a full Warner Brothers." Uh, yeah. You know, streaming service. Then we'd stand a better chance. And, and even the Warner Brothers service is rumored to be fourteen ninety nine a month. Yeah. But it's also rumored to have two premium. Yeah, shows. Cinemax and HBO, right? Yeah, which cool. would which would be worth it, because, especially I mean, if they were to roll this into it. Yeah, exactly. And I, the rumor is that the only show that's going to survive the transition if they do that from DC Universe to uh, the Warner Brothers streaming service is Titans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw rumors that Doom Patrol may not be coming back, which is unfortunate. I love Doom Patrol so yeah, much. It's really a bummer. That show is just so unique. Yeah, um, and you know, Star Girl's in production. Harley uh, Quinn comes out in the fall, right? You know, so. I'm worried that Star Girl's going to end up being like season three of Jessica Jones, where it's canceled before it even comes out. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, which like. And there's an argument to be made for both sides, but it makes me personally just not really feel like spending my time on it. And that sucks because there are still hundreds of people working on these shows that Mm -hmm. are putting all of their effort into it. And like you're saying, Swamp Thing is probably great, but I feel really bummed about the whole thing. Yeah. Derek Derek even mentioned that he won't probably end up watching it because there's no point when there's no second season, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I can understand it's it's tough, right? Like, um, Almost Human was a sci-fi show that was on Fox with Carl Urban, and uh, it was really good, and then Fox decided to cancel it halfway through, not even halfway through season one, and they reordered the episodes, and things started not to make sense, and I didn't even finish it. They pulled it. a Firefly. Yeah, I mean, really, they did. <laughs> right, but really, they're um, not doing that with Swamp Thing. No. It's still getting made and yeah. released in the order that mm-hmm. they made them, and the story's being told in the correct order and everything. So but they- you had... You had the episode cut after they were already filming and they had to rewrite the ending. And so I'm I'm just worried that it won't have a satisfying end and then it won't have any more either. And so like, at least if you don't have a satisfying end, but the show continues, there's a chance to make up for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just disappointing. It's a real bummer because I love Swamp Thing. I love the original. Uh, The character's super cool. And I like... The, that it's a different thing. It's not your normal DC it's a horror show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that James Wan was producing it. Like James Wan is kind of like the modern master of horror right now. So that was kind of cool to get his you know stamp on it. It's a bummer, but yeah. we'll see what happens. I guess my prediction is at the end of the year they might make a decision. They won't. I don't think they'll stop it midway through things being released. Maybe it could be. Yeah. What else you got, Ryan? Uh, well, you brought up Jessica Jones. We got a release date for that. 
um, and a few days. some reviews already out for it that praise it quite a bit. So not surprising. The quality on Jessica Jones has always been one of the top mm-hmm. of the the Netflix shows. I'm so. sad to see it go. Yeah, I like it, but it is going, and there's mm-hmm. nothing we can do to stop it. So we might as well enjoy it. Hopefully, yeah. they got they got at least enough notice to where they can. You know, kind of tie everything up in a nice bow, and uh, not like and, her, and, not like how Daredevil ended, just right, abruptly. or any of the other shows. Yeah, um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, there's a supposed Spider-Man mid-credit scene leak on the internet already. Well, let's not spoil it for. I'm anybody. not going to spoil it. I <laughs> teases the too. villain for the next uh, <laughs> arc mm-hmm. for the not just for Spider-Man, but for like the next several, uh, you know, the next Avengers villain, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, you could probably figure out who that is, but it's is cool. it me? It's it is Rachel. Yep. That's that's. The I didn't want to spoil it, but there we are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, look out for that. Um, Steve Whitefoot, I think his name is the guy that was the producer and showrunner for Punisher, mm-hmm. came out and said that they had already had plans for season three, and this is going to make you guys very angry that we didn't get this. He was going to have Kingpin be the villain. For Punisher and bring Daredevil back in and have it be kind of a team up oh. season. That would have been cool. It would have been, that would have been yeah. amazing. <laughs> like that's yes. the whole like that's what that environment, that Netflix environment lets you do. Yeah. Having those crossovers, yeah, maybe it doesn't tie into the greater MCU movies, but they create their little microcosm in the macrocosm, which mm-hmm. is fine. And I I really appreciated that. I just wish that the season orders would get cut down by like four or five episodes this team up i would have been okay with them going 13 episodes <laughs> honestly like you would have been fine best, with the fodder yeah the best uh, they might have been the best pair up in all of the netflix mcu because and uh, i really loved electra when she teamed up with daredevil the mm-hmm. two of them had great they did have good chemistry, chemistry but punishers you know in the gravesite scene where he's with matt and that talking was, about the pet, like that that's one of the best scenes in Marvel, the thing is, in like, my opinion. I don't know why they did all these shows separate because Jessica was ten times more interesting when she was next to Luke. Iron Fist was great when he was next to Luke. Like these shows, it should have been joint stuff right. from the beginning. Aside and they started from... getting that in season two and three and realizing yeah. that's where their stuff was good, but it wasn't early enough, unfortunately. Exactly. That's how they should have started it off. I do have a theory that for phase four of the MCU, we will see more just kind of smaller crossovers of characters showing up in each other's films. Maybe not all the big hitters, but... You mean more... like uh, Captain America and Thor 2 type cameos? No. Okay. Like a little bit more <laughs> substantial, like what Falcon was in uh, Winter Soldier. Right, exactly. Okay. Stuff, stuff like that, where you're just going to see more crossover and have it be less of a 10-year, 22-movie journey and more of these smaller stories. It's like Thor and like Guardians 3. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because so, I want that. <laughs> I want that so bad. Phase 4 is going to be officially announced at D23, which is in late August, mm-hmm. like the last weekend of August. I think it crosses over into September. However, the movie slate for now until 2022 has been leaked and basically if you listen to our predicting phase four episode we predicted all these movies to be fair they weren't like it's not none of them are really big stretch the only one that came not really out of nowhere but we just weren't expecting this soon that was on the list was nova and the mcu has wanted to incorporate nova the problem is james gunn hates the nova character 
loves Nova Core, hates Nova himself, so that's why he hasn't appeared in Guardians, where the easiest jumping point for him. So Nova's going to be a spinoff of the Guardians, and it'll come probably before Guardians 3, maybe in the same year, so they connect. Hmm. But that was really the only thing else. Otherwise, we predicted uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. We predicted um, a few spin-off Avengers. Yeah, we knew about the Black Panther 2, uh, Guardians 3, potentially Thor 4, and Doctor Strange 2. There is no... Paul Rudd said during an interview, there are no plans for another Ant-Man movie. So That's a shame. Hmm. Yeah, he said, he said, call up Kevin Feige and let him know you want it. Yeah, he so. did say that he's not done playing Ant-Man, so I feel like they like Ant-Man in the ensemble and less on his own. He his... works best in an ensemble, I think. I mean, he works good in the ensemble, but I like him. I like the small, no pun intended, small <laughs> stories that you get with Ant-Man versus, you know, Iron Man or, you know, these Thor, these universal heroes. They yeah. have to be huge conflicts, but Ant-Man can be a small conflict, and I like that. I agree with that. I like the solo side stories actually being normal disasters or normal villains, because once it becomes a large scale, why don't you call in other heroes? Yeah. Story-wise, it doesn't hold up. There's no reason why Thor uh, 2 should only contain just Thor when it's, you know, yeah. a world or dimension crossing and you have an infinity stone and London's being destroyed. Like, there's no reason that should be restricted to just one Avenger. Call somebody else in. Well, even far from home, Spider-Man is struggling with that. You know, in the trailer, they make some jokes about it. But there are a ton of other heroes as shown in Endgame who mm -hmm. could come around to help. And yeah. again, it's not a small story. Like on the first, the first Spider-Man was a smaller was, story, yeah. so yeah. you can get behind that. But then this one seems like it's a huge story. Cities being destroyed, you know. So the multiverse is caving yeah. in. Yeah, like, I Peter's the only one who can stop it. Like it's a little silly. You know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I mean, the movies like Shang Chi probably yeah. going to be a smaller story. I, I hope. Be, right. Um, you know, so hopefully we get still get some more smaller stories versus the big like universe ending stuff That'd hopefully cool. black widow's on a smaller scale like you really shouldn't put her on a world ending yeah, yeah no disaster. unless it's like a nuclear launch she has to steal codes that and stuff cool. or something like that yeah, would be kind of james bond-esque mm -hmm. you know where you have a villain who's just human yeah. right like she can't i don't think she needs to go up against any like crazy aliens no. with powers and stuff or could she really i yeah. mean it's and she's taskmaster but... is just a human like he there's nothing special about taskmaster fair enough you mentioned james gunn the only other piece of news i have is that it's rumored he's taking over the new dceu direction it's the worlds of dc okay well the news articles oh, i read all called it the dceu yeah, so whatever just because something um, was renamed doesn't mean people care so yeah. <laughs> so they're basically getting rid of uh superman batman all that they're keeping Wonder Woman. Anything successful in the DC universe, they're keeping at this point. Um, you know, the new Suicide Squad will be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey, um, Birds, yeah, of, Birds Prey, of Prey, um, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Um, you know, the new Batman, Pat Pattinson. Right. Um, they did say though that that new Batman is its own universe. That's what the director Matt Reeves that, said. Of course, they're saying. It. So I mean, they said that they said that Shazam and all these others know. are like you know. I feel like what they're too. trying to do is temper expectations. Right. Because they they failed heavily by raising expectations at the very beginning between the Batman v Superman and Justice League. They they blew expectations, and 
they failed them. So now they're just like, oh, well, you know, it's just a fucking movie. Go see the movie. And well, in Batman, you can you that. can have Batman in his own universe and right. then bring him in easily because he's not generally like world-ending threats. And he's you know? not one to go seek out help very right, often, exactly. especially if they're going to be rebooting the character. And he's got enough shit to worry about in Gotham alone. <laughs> no joke, he doesn't right? need to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Half of all the villains in DC are from Gotham. Yeah. So. <laughs> so there we go. There's and then Macaulay Culkin is rumored to be uh, the Joker. Shut your butt. I'm no, done seriously. with this shit. It would be funny. He but... does like look the part. Like, is he gonna channel Party Monster? Because uh, I don't like... know what he's gonna. I was thinking just Home Alone. He's gonna go <laughs> just straight up Kevin. But I, I think they could easily just do a Bat verse. There's so many Robins oh, and other sure. Bat characters that have so many villains. It can make slight connections to Suicide Squad and sure. Birds of Prey, but they don't have to be super strongholds. Like... They could be just like they were in the original Suicide Squad, yeah. where you know you had Batman show up for two seconds to tell Deadshot's story, and yeah. then you had uh, him with the Joker. And mm-hmm. that's it, yeah. yeah. That's all you need. I mean, you could easily slot in Batgirl. They're not going to do Batwoman since she has her own show on CW now, but mm-hmm. Batgirl's up there. Dick Grayson's out there. Um, yeah, you can do a lot of fun stuff. There's yeah. a lot of great Batman storylines. He, Batman and Spider-Man have the best storylines in comics because people want to write for him. So, you know, you have plenty of options with both those characters. They never have to stop making those movies. It's true. That's all I got. Okay, so box office uh, this week, Secret of Secret Life of Pets two, wow, came in first place with forty six million. Dark Phoenix came in second with thirty two point eight, and Aladdin on its second. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Second week still pulled in twenty four point six. So not bad for Aladdin. Uh, I think it's his third week, isn't it? No. Mm, I don't know. I, I think I think it was its third week. Whatever. Either way, it's still, still impressive. Pre- yeah, good for them. Still pulling in. That was a good movie. I liked it a lot. It was fun. Um, so, yeah, both Secret Life of Pets and Dark Phoenix underperformed based on what their projections were. We kind of all figured that was coming. Is this the first time we reviewed a superhero movie that wasn't number one in the box office that week? I feel like probably it's very limited company if if this isn't the first. I can't think of a time where that wasn't the case. Now, to be fair, most of the time superhero movies are releasing by themselves. It's rare that they have any Rather than up against The Secret Life of Pets 2, which is a contender. I I mean, The Secret Life of Pets, the first movie was very successful. The only thing I can make an excuse for is it's really the first weekend for every kid to be out of school. That's true. maybe Mm -hmm. that helped, but that's the only thing I'm coming up with. 
there's just so much to see right now. It's it's overwhelming for me, and going to the theater is one of my favorite things to do. We've seen four movies this week. Uh, you know, well, like, like the week prior, it was Godzilla, and mm-hmm. so like there's a lot of stuff. Week, 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 week. So yeah, Aladdin, Godzilla, Rocket Man, of course, is more adult, but, but yeah. Dark Phoenix does kind of focus on an adult audience, mm-hmm. well, even though it's not R. Um, and then yeah, you still have all these kids movies that are out too. This weekend you get Men in Black, so there's no way Dark Phoenix is having any kind of rebound. No. <laughs> so it's I just think there's so much saturation. We had we eased into it a little bit in in the first quarter of the year and in April, but after April it was just like a complete disaster of just movie after movie. Yeah. So it, people don't have the money to see everything. People don't have the time to see everything and you have to start making decisions i we're not going to see every movie that we want to see and we're still going to see more than most people so yeah four in a week is a lot yeah all right so releasing this week men in black international the dead don't die and shaft shut your mouth shaft (laughs) i'm actually really excited about shaft i am too it looks really fun (laughs) i love samuel l jackson but i don't want to see this movie it's a shame. It's never appealed to me. I don't like spy movies. I don't really like assassin movies. It's basically, you know, guys just walking around shooting shit for two hours. And if I wanted to see that, I'd watch YouTube. Like, or John Wick. Yeah. It's right? Samuel, look, you, I love Keanu Reeves. But, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's up there, too. So I, I would go to either Is one Keanu of Keanu Reeves either. the half-Asian shaft? Like, I don't... <laughs> That- I don't. I love Keanu Reeves, and he is an amazing person. I don't think he has reached the movie star caliber that Samuel L. Jackson has had over the course of his long career. They are both hired based on the one character they can play. <laughs> like, I mean that that's fair. I mean, yeah. Talk me out of that argument. No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Thank I just, you. you know, but Samuel's just been in so many films over the course of his career, and not that Keanu hasn't done a lot, but. Samuel's done quite a bit more. So, all right. Well, with that, we're gonna go to break, and then we'll come back. We've got a lot of Dark Phoenix to talk about. Hey, friends. This is Cam, one of the hosts of the Gamer Heroes podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the show you're listening to right now. And if you are, please consider becoming a patron of the Heroes Podcast Network at Patreon.com/slash Heroes Podcasts. Your support would genuinely mean the world to us and would allow us to cover hosting costs for the website, get new equipment and software, and even make it out to different conventions and events to meet you, our loyal listeners. All Patreon tiers will get you access to the Patron Lounge and Slack, which will allow you to chat and interact with your favorite HPN hosts. On behalf of everyone here at HPN, thank you all so much for your continued support. We really couldn't do any of this without you. All right, guys, we are back. We are going to talk Dark Phoenix. So just a minute ago... I said that it did underperform. It came in second. That's not typical for a superhero film. So critics and the box office are not working with this film. Since it underperformed, there's been a lot of news articles about the film. Everybody is pointing the blame at everybody else. Most of it says Fox Studio Interference. Uh, I will. Fox blames it on Marvel and Disney. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will. Fox also blamed it on us. Yeah. The fans. Yeah. By the way, which is never good. (laughs) I will say that people escaping the firing squad are the actual cast and director. Nobody seems to be upset with them. And 
Yeah, I feel like Ryan and I are going to change that. <laughs> At least with a couple of them. I mean, I'm just going to start out. Simon Kinberg pins Last Stand. If I was trying to redo the story from The Last Stand, or at least a part of it, I wouldn't want anyone from The Last Stand near it. Like, he would not have been my director. Of course, Brian Singer's out, but there are other directors. I don't know if Fox Wait, knows what? this. Like, <laughs> but there were other directors. Get Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Then it would be a musical. Oh no. I mean, I don't know that that would have been worse. It would have been worse. I don't know. I've never heard most of these people sing. I don't know. I, it would have been entertaining. Mm. Um, yeah, so th- this this movie is is a confusing one, right? Because it's kind of a remake of The Last Stand, but not really. Um, it's kind of a sequel to Apocalypse, but not really. And it's the end of these X Men. Really, S- really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with with the actors? Or should we cover oh, the uh, we how much of a bomb it is? Spoiler review. Did we talk uh, about how much of a bomb it is? We didn't talk about the budget versus how much money it made or anything yeah, like that. I know Derek likes numbers. Yeah, so it's estimated to lose over $100 million at this point, uh, which, you know, for those playing at home, not good. Um, <laughs> In general, you want to make money. So uh, Yeah, so the, the reports are, 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 are saying that this was supposed to be a two-part film, and then it was brought down to one part, and then they had to reshoot the entire third act or at least the majority of because it. Because an undisclosed Marvel movie that featured a woman in the 90s that could turn into fire so here's, uh, here's was the, too similar. Yeah. Here's the thing. So uh, they, they mean Captain Marvel, but when yeah. the story first broke, they just said because it resembled, it too much resembled a previous superhero film. And that was a terrible sentence because I assumed they meant The Last Stand. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, they didn't realize they were remaking their own movie. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, it makes, because reading the reports of what the third act was supposed to be, it does sound a lot like... The yeah, she was like flying movie. through the... <laughs> but she was know. like flying through like spaceships and shit. Yeah, so, keep in yeah. mind we don't want to spoil anything right now, but yeah. There was... Well, that's not in the movie. Right, so, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, so our spoiler-free thoughts. Ray's, Ray's right. We should do that before we do our spoiler break. So, Ryan. Bad. <laughs> Stay at home and watch The Last Stand instead and thank me. Because I just saved you from. Is it because Hugh Jackman's in that one? I mean, and shirtless. Either (laughs) and shirtless. At least they at least in that one they embraced what the movie was, and you know, fair enough. Something something to that. This movie didn't know what the hell it was. Ian, going into it knowing that it was not a adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga, I was okay with it. That's not even high praise from you. I, I, you know, I, for what it was, I enjoyed it. Okay. Ray? Um, there's a quote from the movie that I think sums up the 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 entire franchise. (laughs) Is the Magneto quote? It's, Magneto says, you're always sorry, Charles. There's always a long speech and no one cares anymore. (laughs) And that's how I feel about the entire X-Men. You laughed so hard when they said that I disturbed like half of the audience. (laughs) And like the most serious part after they find out something, you're like, Cause like it's one of those it's one of those lines that was written with such a lack of awareness for the movie it was in. They did not know how <laughs> ironic it was going to be. Like, I think this movie failed on so many levels, and I plan on touching on that because 
it's not just one person's fault. Oh, I agree. It's yeah. not just one thing that brought it down. It's not like, oh, this would have been brilliant with this one thing. Ch-. No. Uh, so if my spoiler-free thoughts are that uh, it's not very good. It's not the worst X-Men movie either. Hmm. But if you were X-Men to... Origins is still worse. I don't think so. But, but hang, on, oh. hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to get to all of that. But I was just going to say, but, but if you were to pass on it, I, d- I don't think you'd be missing anything. So with so many movies out, that's that's the real issue. So this is your spoiler warning at this point. If you care, pause it, go see it, and come back later. But this is it. So let's dive in. I have a problem. I just want to get out of the way because we don't oh, no. have to spend a lot of time on it, but it drives me nuts. And it's the fact that these movies are in one continuity made by one studio with mostly the same, like just two casts going back and forth, and they still don't know what happens in their own films. So the fact that this is 10 years after Apocalypse and the end of Apocalypse is completely irrelevant in this movie. Because she has like Phoenix-like powers. Is completely mind-boggling, number one. And then the end of this movie completely ignores their own retcon to the end of Days of Future Past. Because Jean's in the end of Days of Future Past. Well, they're two separate timelines. But they they never say that in any of the movies. In the movies, they reset. In Days of Future Past, when Wolverine goes back and fixes the timeline right. and comes back, that's all one timeline. He's just in the future. Because everything was fixed. If they were separate timelines, then one would not affect the other. It's one timeline. It's just these are the older actors and the younger actors. It's one fucked up timeline. And like, if you want to, like, let's put aside the fact that the actors we're watching, the the McAvoy and Fassbender cast, haven't aged in quote thirty years. Forty. Forty, 40 years. years. I'm sorry. Sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Forty years of movie Which time. Mystique, it, I can understand. They sure. explain mistakes. Yes. Yes. They in do. the very first movie, they explain mistakes. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has explained why they haven't aged at all in forty years. I mean, like. Xavier loses his hair. That's the only thing that happens. Uh, so if you put that aside for a moment and you just look at what the, the events that happen. That shouldn't be put aside, by the way. That is horrible <laughs> storytelling. I agree with you. But like they, they still don't even know what they wrote themselves. That Jean's at the end of one movie, but she dies in this movie that takes place 15 years before that movie. And then Jean's becoming Phoenix at the end of Apocalypse, which is 10 years before this. And now she's becoming Phoenix. Yeah. So what happened for 10 years? Like, it's just, like, that drives me nuts. It's your movie. You didn't take it from somebody else. This wasn't a reboot or anything like that. And it wasn't even that long ago that the other movies happened. You know? It was this decade. Watch your own movies before you write a sequel. So that's part of why I, like, I think that since First Class Fox has done nothing but set these characters up to fail. Hiring back in, firing Matthew Vaughn, hiring back in Brian Singer, who, by the way, was an out pedophile at that time. We knew about his scandal and they were like, no, no, buddy, it's cool. Let's bring you on back. And then completely backtracking on stuff that they just didn't like. You know, you let Brett Ratner have the reins on it. You screwed that up. That's not on anybody else. Don't let this new guy come in and completely erase it because he left. Brian Singer left. He had the option to do X3. He got into a fight with Alan Cumming and he left. And he made a horrible Superman film. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. So I always forget that he did that. Yeah. He did. <laughs> he made As does most. the most boring Superman film ever made. 
It is boring. So my <laughs> my problem is that the studio has set them up to fail. Matthew Vaughn should have gotten to continue his plan. There's no reason why all these stories have to be spread out over 40 years. Most of them could be condensed. The only one in the comics that was hell-bent on a decade was uh, Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. They specifically say that Kitty Pride goes back to the 70s. But there's no reason why they couldn't have changed that. Yeah. But instead, they gave Kitty Pride mind warping powers, time travel, whatever. She got those in the comics. That was fine. Did she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how she was able to do it. Um, so I have a huge problem with them just introducing characters and dropping them off, off camera quite a bit. The whole point of the X-Men is to make sure that every character in the background isn't just some random extra. It's a mutant that you could spot on the pages. And you didn't get that at all in this film, which was was super disappointing. Why wouldn't you have Psylocke come back? Or anybody. Like, just any recognizable character. Dazzler was there for three seconds. That was the only one. And (laughs) And even that felt super shoehorned. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. That's one of the things I missed a lot in this movie yeah. was the because you know in X one and X two when I was younger my favorite thing was was trying to name these mutants in the yep. background. Yeah. Um, they didn't need a lot of time, but something would happen. They'd turn to metal, Colossus, or something like yeah. that, you know. And you'd get that little glimpse and see the character. But in this, you've got nothing. Yeah. Other than Dazzler, yeah. like even X three had the the Cuckoo Sisters, who were the three yeah. and the Frost clones mm-hmm. for like two seconds in the film. People knew who they were, but, but yeah. and they weren't even popular really back in two thousand whatever five or six. Remember that came out, but they still had them in there. This one I was expecting to see, like, oh, maybe there's someone like a white streak. Is that rogue? Nope, these are generic children. <laughs> generic children. The two heroes or mutants that get to tag along with Magneto, they have mundane character names that are in no reference to any other X Men. So even though they share similar powers, they weren't even. Yeah, I didn't to know who that. they were, and I was like, "Am I?" Stupid I knew who the girl was because they said her, her name, Celine. She is the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club. No, but no. It's a different Celine, completely. No, it's the same because she has her powers. She has similar powers. They gave her a completely different. Well, she's not obviously the Black Queen. No, I mean like on IMDb, she's a different character. Oh, really? Yeah. So they just gave her the same name and same powers. Yeah. So that's what I. Kind of like how they like with Psylocke and X Three. Yeah. It wasn't Psylocke, but it was Psylocke. So like they set themselves up to fail. I. I now dislike the entire X-Men movie franchise because Wolverine is the only one who's gotten solid character development. Every once in a while, Charles and uh, Xavier, or <clears throat> Charles and Magneto do, but it's soon dropped and completely erased and something else picks up. And, you know, I, I was glad that they put all the blame on Charles in this film. That was one of the shining moments for me because every choice he's made in the comics regarding Jean has been horrible and they kept that here. So at least there's that. But there's really not a lot to praise about the entire franchise now considering they've had all this opportunity, all this chances, all these chances to world build and they've dropped the ball. In the same amount of films that the MCU has had with twice as long, they've done a worse job of exploring these characters because they can't decide on a plan and go with it. It even did the exact same trope that they've had in all of them where Xavier and Magneto are enemies, but by the end of the movie, they have to team up to save everything. And then they're friends at the end. Like, I really thought, I was like, wow, they're actually going to put them against each other in this one. I I can at least give the movie that. 
and then they end up on the train <laughs> and have to have to help each other again. And I'm like, come on, can you not make these two enemies like in one movie, please? Well, they weren't the first one, the very first one. I mean, kind of. They were frenemies. I mean, they go and play chess at the end in prison. Well, I think that's like, just. I mean. But that's not that's not villains. Those aren't nemeses. You're talking Those, about like hardcore villains. Like, like, they're not nemesis to each other ever. They're not really against each other. Think of somebody <laughs> right now in Kansas City that you don't like. Would you go play chess with them tomorrow? If I could beat them, yes. <laughs> but like that—that's the—that's the issue, <laughs> You're right? Ridiculous. Like, and every one of these movies, except for maybe the last stand, I can't really remember how the last stand ends. But horribly, <laughs> Charles is dead. Yeah, they, well, right, he's dead. That's like... true. <laughs> yeah. The people turn into dust. He is never guy. Yeah, he di- he dies and then comes back in the post credit scene. Yes, yeah. um, and somehow changes his body form to look like Patrick Stewart. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's a mutant who can do that, right? Sure. Sure. But I was really hoping that they were going to change that this time and they were actually going to stay enemies through the whole thing and that was disappointing. But to your point, Ray, about how like they have like these generic characters, the villains are completely made up. I do have issues with Fox X-Men villains because here's the thing. So take, for example, Apocalypse. You cannot do a character like Apocalypse in one movie. No. It does not work. A character like that, he has like kind of a, a, a Thanos reputation. He does. Does not work. Same thing with Dark Phoenix. That is a gripe about this movie that I have is that the Dark Phoenix, it's called a saga for a reason. It's not called Dark Phoenix in five minutes. Yeah. So it's you, if you do these characters and these huge villains, you gotta spread them out for at least three or four movies. But if you look at just, like, Vuk, Vok, whatever her name was. Yep, you have no idea. Vok, I don't know. Uh, she's this alien race. is essentially the scroll, But they're not the scroll. They're totally made up for this the movie. The Dabari. No, they're not made up. They're in the comics. The Dabari are in the comics. Yes, I can, I can, I can mansplain are, this to you. <laughs> no. They are not <laughs> a huge part of any of the comics whatsoever they you've got like half a century of x-men comics to go off yeah, they, were, <laughs> they were specifically chosen so that you can yeah. focus on jean gray but she's not the bad guy throughout the entire thing no so she's the bad guy for not even one full act you're supposed uh, like which dark phoenix should be she should oh, be the I, bad guy i do agree that she should have been dark if the they do that world the whole should have been on fire yeah like it should have been but no the dabari are the race, so they did take this from the comics where Phoenix, after her release from the Hellfire Club, she goes and consumes a planet. That is their planet, and they all go poof. And Voke, or Vuck, whatever, is in the okay. comics, but it's a male. So that's why people kind of okay. got thrown off for it. Okay. Uh, so, you know, in the cartoon, they say you consumed a planet, but you didn't kill anyone because obviously it's a cartoon, but they still took kind of the same concept. Everybody was off-world inside. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> it was just a moon. No one was there. But they are, so it was nice kind of seeing them. I do wish they were actually the Shi'ar, but that's just me. See, the Dabari, it would make more sense if they were the Shi'ar. The Dabari are so low on X-Men villains that I could make 15 movies and still not get to them. Yeah. Ryan, you're quiet. You guys seem to have a lot more invested in this than I do, so I'm just letting you vent. As Ryan just goes, it's bad. You guys are more long-term X-Men fans than I am, I guess. But um, speaking of those characters specifically, their power is that they can go like this and twist people's guts up, but then they don't do that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's any of the X-Men at any point. Right? Yeah. Like, Which what? would have ended any of them because they're all still human, you know, essentially. Um, you know, I don't even know where to begin, honestly. Like, it hurts so much. Cyclops has always been my favorite character in the X-Men. And you need to have someone that can emote. And Ty Sheridan with his like giant lips and and like he, he just I just didn't get there was no emotion and there's one line in the movie that literally made me laugh out loud and it was supposed to be serious and I'm curious if it stood out to you guys too it was like when he's like if you hold my hair in your head I'm gonna fuck you up or something like that the one f bomb they got in the whole movie oh or if you kill her I'll fucking kill yeah, her. Exa- yeah yeah if you hurt her I'll fucking kill you yeah. it's like what dude. Where did you come from with it? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, now you're going to grow a pair of nuts and, like, spend, first of all, you couldn't hurt Magneto. Let's he get real. an hour and a half just yelling the word G. Yeah. Like, I'm not... That's his entire role. Like any Dark Phoenix movie, like, or comic, really. You've just... Gene! Gene! But he didn't, like, play Don't leader. The whole beginning of the movie, Mystique was the leader, yeah. right? When was yeah. he the leader at all? In the comics, you mean? No, in oh. the movie. He didn't show any of that at all. Even, no. like, in the final battle, there was no, like, he didn't... Ha- he's supposed to be, like, the tactician for the X-Men. Yeah. And he didn't do anything. But that's the problem. Once once uh, Raven dies, who is the leader of the team? None of them at that point. Xavier, Charles? I guess. I mean, is he? Because he's off at all of his little parties. I guess I guess Beast. Beast would be the second one. I guess he's the well, leader. Well, no, because he goes to, for Magneto, so no. You know? He's actually one of the few actors, by the way, that I didn't have a problem with in this movie. Nicholas Holt? Yeah, yeah, I, I like, thought he I like I, he was still committed. He's a lot a of beast. people didn't seem committed. I absolutely adore Michael Fassbender, and I know I probably shouldn't because he's problematic at times, but like he has phoned in these last three movies. He really has. Like He hasn't worked since uh, First Class. And Jennifer Lawrence. But like, oh don't man, even get you me can started. tell that she hates this role. Yeah. Magneto's role is just so boring, though. Like, he doesn't really do anything interesting. He's I a mean, gardener like Thanos now, and he just like has this island where he well, works. That's with... what they brought him into, right? He just yeah. he's totally fine unless you go screw with him, and then he'll kill you. Yeah, that's his entire arc, <laughs> you know. And it's boring. It's and predictable. I, and I think Fastbender, who's had some more complex and like Academy Award styled roles, like Assassin's Creed. You know, well, no, that's <laughs> it. But, no, but he was in Toby's oh, Plus- Slave, and that was a very good role. And for he was him. in Shame, and he yes. did get you saw his penis in that one. So like, Shame. I think he's bored. I think he's bored. And Jennifer Lawrence hasn't wanted to do this, I think, since the first time. The makeup she did. has gotten worse every time. Because oh, I will debate you on that hardcore. Okay, well, we're not going to do that on the show, but uh, you're wrong. So no, I, I mean it, it changed because she refused to to have Sit makeup take so long. I think she looked and... the best in this movie. Me, <laughs> okay. I I mean, if you look, no, you're like, the only one sitting at the table. You're not going to convince any of us, Ian. Well, so you I don't care what talking about. She, her make the makeup and prosthetic work on that character, the design of her mystique, never looked as good. As the original one. And I can tell you why. Well, because... We know that, why. That was well, the only one where she sat through her makeup. Yes. Yeah, well, also, they didn't get the same makeup team as they did before. There's they lo- tried look, to copy it, but it didn't Look at science work. fiction. There are lots of oh, great yes. makeup teams. But, like, for example... So, in first class, you see her makeup, and she does very much the Rebecca Romaine with all the scales and naked. But she's one solid color, whereas Rebecca Romaine had different... Like, her, yeah. her scales were black and stuff. Hers were just solid blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No contour, no nothing. In Days of Future Past, you get her in a blue... 
spandex suit, essentially. She's not yeah. individual scales. I can tell it looked weird. In Apocalypse, she just looked greasy and, like, wet half the damn time. But <laughs> in, a, or in Dark Phoenix, she has more defined scales on the face. She has her actual comic book accurate hair. And I, she's lighter yeah. blue, which I'm liking because that's comic I, book accurate. I'm going to agree with that. The makeup looks a more comic booky uh, in a good way, in my opinion. Whereas we've gotten further and further away from the Rebecca Romaine look. And honestly... I never really liked that. Uh, I thought she looked super cool. Yeah. She did look cool, but it was also, you know, very much to sell tickets. Because Mystique yeah. never wants to look That's like why they the didn't comics. let her speak. <laughs> she has like one line, I think. In the first one, yeah. That's, that's the Brian Singer <laughs> treatment of women. One uh, line in the first one, three lines in the second, and like, and then like four, four in the four, <laughs> And I'm, yeah. I'm certainly not defending any of that stuff or anything, but... Um, Jennifer Lawrence is just the point is she was done with the movie after the first time yeah. yeah right she did it once she had whatever that experience was and she was done but she was in a contract she hated it she preferred her time uh, as human or as normal looking right? yeah than, it's not, not everybody can do prosthetic work is that is a hard job when you talk to Star Wars actors Star mm-hmm. Trek actors Babylon 5 these those are very unique people who can do that day in and day out for but years. she had the least amount of prosthetic work that she needed for, of anybody That's I mean you look at Beast Nightcrawler those guys were probably in the chair for way longer well, than she ever around, was she told Simon Kinberg that she's only coming back if you kill her off in the first act yeah, yeah. Sounds like that's the same thing Bill Murray said. Yeah. The only reason he'd do Ghostbusters is if they kill him off in the first thing. The joke there is he could just be a ghost in the yeah. rest of the movie. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, though, I don't know why you would sign up to be a character they say for Mystique and you know what the character looked like beforehand. Like, you know what it's going to be. Have you heard her interviews on this? Her mom like, pressured her into it multiple times. Oh, really? Times. Yeah, she her... was pretty young at the time. Yeah. But also, she might not have gotten any of her other roles if it hadn't been for X-Men. Well, that's so. not true, because she was cast as Katniss before. Before First Class came yeah. out? Was she? They e- were. She was way. cast in both of them around the exact same time. And uh, I think... Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was cast in both around the same time. So she had two big blockbusters, like, back-to-back. It certainly didn't hurt her career to have that role. No. You know, and... No. She's entitled to not like prosthetic work. Lots of actors don't, um, and lots of actors will leave roles because of it. But let her out of her contract then if she doesn't really want to do it because her performance will eventually show that, you know? And, and it know. did. Yeah. Overall, I think the problem with the. It did. And this is getting more into our personal life. But she and Nicholas Holt, who plays Beast, don't get along. They dated all throughout first class. They lived together, and they had a very messy breakup. So they don't like being on set together. No, they weren't on set very long together. No. And that would explain why the photo that he has on his desk is just like her high school graduation photo. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't someone snap you in the field, like, dressed like that. Like, mm, There are a couple. Why isn't it a picture of the two of them? Like, come on, guys. Like, it was in the silly. four movies it you made together, you didn't get one picture of the two of them together. It was like, also a really bad photo. Yeah, like, it was. that was a She terrible... looked better. Like, did she know a photo was being taken? It was probably like a still they took of like an actual scene. They're like, and got it. I think you're right. I really think that's what it was. Because in the background, it looks like kind of Jean's home area. So I'm like, did they just take that from a scene and just like superimpose it into a frame? <laughs> So let's talk about Jean's storyline. Is uh, first of all, everybody speculated 
that Sophie Turner was going to ruin this movie. Sophie Turner did not. She did a great job. I liked her acting in this. I like Sophie Turner, so I'm... She didn't do anything. The Jean Grey storyline in this was so sped up, and it, it was bad. When they show the opening scene and it's this very tragic car crash i loved it i was like oh shit yeah that but that's not like comics. that little girl's acting though no no she was all. bad she yeah I, what I, the, the one who did it in last stand was a better actor the thing is like to, to your point about speeding up her story they didn't have to because they had already laid the seeds in apocalypse all they had to do was show us some flashbacks to three five six years ago or something like that right and now when the movie starts in its present day she's already missing and then you can skip a lot of that initial storytelling stuff very quickly with the introduction of the film. Sophie Turner did what she could do with what she was given. A lot of her lines are just not very good. That's pretty much everybody in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Their writing was not good. Their dialogue yeah. didn't feel natural. Didn't feel like these things were... Some of the lines were like just cringe-inducing. It's a little bit, yeah. That Cyclops line was the biggest one for me. One of the cringiest ones that I had was where the... Uh, the, what, the commando guy is talking to Magneto and he goes, stop that right now. It's like, you don't just say oh, stop. Oh, yeah. Like, right, stop like what are you going to do if he doesn't, right? Like, he's just like, stop it. You stop it right now. Like, he's like, like a squirt bottle go, no. You bag Magneto. Yeah. You get down from there. I do like the idea, though, that after the events of Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, where Fastbender, or Fastbender, Magneto, was the bad guy twice, the government gave Dude. him an island. Okay, like, just like stay here and don't cause trouble, <laughs> sir. Just stay here. I felt really bad because like, so in the end, I, I try to be a bigger person and be above it all, but I was sitting there and I was like, man, this would be better if Fast Spinner was shirtless this whole time. <laughs> and I feel bad when like I immediately go You're to objectifying a, Yeah. When I go to objectification, I know that I'm not having a good time. I'm bored now. Like, but it, sure. it was boring. <laughs> Even the climactic battle on the train was pretty boring. I, I still don't understand how many of that species survived because in some shots it was like 12 people and like this is all that remained and then there were obviously 40 or 50 that were on the train. Yeah, and so, then, like there were three inside the train and you're like, okay, they're almost done. And then they pan outside and there were 50 on the roof and I'm like, well. Like, where do they come from all of a sudden? Yeah, and, like their, their strength and power set seemed to vary wildly depending on which X-Men they were fighting or which mutant they were fighting. Or which gun was shooting them. Every X-Men just murders now? Like, we're just all murderers? Because they all did it. none of them can use their powers in any kind of effective manner. Like, in Last Stand, isn't that the one where Magneto moves the entire fucking bridge? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay. In this, what did Magneto do? He threw some pieces of metal around. And that's like... He crushed the back of the train. Okay, he did do that towards the end and that was cool. But for most of it, like Storm, what did she do? She made some like wind gusts. Maybe she had some lightning. Cubes. And ice cubes. Oh my so god. Ice cubes? Yeah. Why I didn't, didn't Magneto pick up the train? Right? Like, he could have. Yeah. He was, he, in the previous film, he is pulling all of the metal, all of the metal on out the of the earth. Yeah. No, yeah. out all, of the planet. All, the all of it. <laughs> and he can't move the train? <laughs> like, Storm, Storm and uh, Magneto are both Omega level mutants. They are. Right? Yeah. Like, they should. They could have handled this thing by themselves, but you still had Beast and Cyclops. You know, Cyclops is 
pretty powerful. Not Omega level, but he's very yeah. powerful. And too. Nightcrawler gets all Nightcrawler, murdery. Like, yeah, like that was cool when he got murdery. I was like, yeah, this is one, I'm okay with. It's very this. Azazel of him. He was one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, well, that actor, he's so like lanky. It's so perfect. Yeah. He's yes, very he's weirdly very shaped. And surprisingly, he has a really good fake mm. German accent. Like yeah, it does. definitely comes across. Authentic. Yeah, he, he's one of the shine, shining spots of the movie, if there are any. Charles um, had a really good story. Him being the villain and uh, Mystique from the very beginning, pointing it out that it's all for his ego, mm-hmm. that he's not the one risking anything. Like that. Like this one movie, Charles had a good story. He hasn't had a good story in a really long time. So he didn't really but, do a whole lot in all of them. Exactly. So. The problem with that is like you're right in a in a vacuum. Yeah. But he's supposed to become the Xavier from X1 and in uh, eight years <laughs> right the end of the movie in, in, in if you took this movie out for a moment McAvoy had, I thought had done a really good job of being that Xavier the same one essentially right going through his struggles and stuff but now I can't believe that those are the same character yeah because it... I don't see the older one doing any of that that he did it like you know well in the third one he did say that he manipulated Gene's mind to a degree yeah, but but again like the, he's painted in such a way in this one that in a vacuum is good but in the concept of the entire narrative and they they went out of their way to make all of these movies connected doesn't work for me I just see them as two separate things that I go with <laughs> but that's, see that's, that's how I can do it that's your headcanon and that's fine but the studio made a film that connected the two timelines yeah, they didn't have to do that. First Class could have been a reboot, completely a reboot, and ignored the original three films. And that's fine. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But they, the next movie was designed to combine the two. And when they made that decision, they then had to be responsible for what happened in those first three movies. True. So, can we talk about the uh, three minutes that Quicksilver was on the screen as well? <laughs> So when did Evan Peters get too expensive? Like he, he Ryan didn't. Murphy no. owns that man. Like he didn't. He said he had to go do AHS and was like, "See you guys, peace." He had to do what? American Horror Story. Uh, uh, um, I, I did miss the quick. There was no Quicksilver scene in this movie. Not really. There's also, one. <laughs> I didn't really love that because like he's literally outrunning lightning mm-hmm. in that scene, but Gene can still comprehend I, I'm there's her power set is so undefined yeah it is very much in this film but everything else she has to go like this to do something but she turns faster the than, faster than the speed of light she can make this thing move just a little just enough to make him slip like come on I have a huge problem with magic women in movies between Scarlet Witch doing this for no reason and then now this like just read a goddamn comic book. They never do that. I know, so but they it, don't want someone like standing there with their fingers on their temples or I something. I don't want them staring. doing what? that. You didn't either. love the scene where where Phoenix is going like this, and then <laughs> and then Fastbender's going like this, and they're just like doing that with the helicopter. Get to the Why does this one just go punch her or something? Where she's focused on this, you can just punch her. Just like boob punch her. Yeah. The, uh, no face or whatever. I don't care. Punch her. Just distract her. For those listening to this podcast, which is a weird thing to do with a podcast. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Can't see all of our hand motions. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Um, I can imagine what I was doing. I'm so sure. I don't like how Quicksilver. So yes, he's taken out, but then he where is he in the rest of the movie? I would have I liked, yeah, at least seen like you know. For no well, he would have solved the entire end in like. 
uh, well, before anybody else could even react. If that, I was, at least, you know, oh, where's, right, why can't Peter come? Well, his, like, femur shattered or something. I don't know. Like, we're supposed to believe that he was injured. I well, mean, we saw him, like, in, you know, on the gurney, but yeah. that was it. That's the end of it. So yeah. we're supposed to assume he must have been hurt. Right? Like, I, that's. I do love that when I saw her move that brick and just watch him, like, miss it, that was hilarious. Probably not supposed to be. Right. But, like, that was, for me, setting up just how powerful the Phoenix can be. And then they dropped the ball, and it was just, like, telekinesis again so yeah i mean that's the thing is like if she can comprehend things that fast then why does she have to go like this or do anything really like yeah. she can think faster than even the fastest character we've ever had on, on screen in any movie <laughs> literally I know, and I know. you know i just i don't know i so, just wasn't buying speaking it speaking of phoenix let's talk about the phoenix force because that's do we really need to yes I we mean... do why? Do you mean the same thing that's like Galactus and <laughs> the, the, the cloud? Fantastic also, Four too. Why is it called the Phoenix Force? They said the kids called it the Phoenix, but it's, then it makes Phoenix shapes all the time. It's no, like okay, so it's not directly called. It's called called the Cosmic Force. They call Jean the Phoenix because of her resurrection. Right, space. but then but then the power like makes the, the end, Phoenix. Right? I assume that's Jean doing that. That's because Ryan. For those who didn't get it, they're like they want to spell it out for you. Um, right, that's that's what the issue is. But no, it's it's the weird blob of stuff. I mean, it's the same thing people complained about the Green Lantern movie about. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> you know? it. It's I a nebulous looked, villain. I thought it looked cool. I mean, because the Phoenix Force really, it is kind of just a ball of energy in the comics too. It yeah. does take the form of a phoenix and it is fiery, but for the most part, it is kind of just this massive, you know, cosmic energy. Um, but it didn't even look like energy. It wasn't like it. An, it, it, it looked like a. It looked like something physical I while it, it was like in space. space. Asbestos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, like when, when it looks like a space fart. Space mold. <laughs> it's all in her lungs. <laughs> Sometimes when it's like entering or leaving one of them, you can see like glowing stuff. Right. Yeah. I expected it to just be glowing stuff. That's what an energy force is. This didn't look like an energy force. It looked like matter that could just move like, in weird ways. To be ways. completely honest, they don't have. A lock on the powers at all. Dazzler no. should have been one of the easiest things, and all they could think of was fireflies. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, when she sings. Well, <laughs> that's not power though. When she sings, she creates light projections, yes. and she can create anything that she wants. It's not just fireflies. Like, you couldn't even have them be different colors for your one scene. Like, put up some Christmas lights, and I got this, guys. Like, so, did you like how at least Jean looked when she went? Kind of phoenix with the cracks because I thought that she looked much better than what she did in the I last. I hated stand. the snake veins. See, in, I liked them in last. Oh, stand. last year. Yeah. Well, back in two thousand six, that's how they showed someone going dark. Was they made their skin really dark and they made them have pitch black eyes. Like, I mean, Doctor Strange still did that. Yeah. Did the, they have pitch black eyes? The truth. All is, around their eyes were all black. Remember, they had like the the shattered skin. The oh, eyes. I'm thinking like, yeah. when did Doctor Strange have black eyes? No, not him. But <laughs> I'm like, well, like the black magic like burned their face or something. Right. Yeah. I just, you know, it was but funny. the truth is, the Dark Phoenix saga has only been adapted really well once on live action, and it was in season six of Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the X Men cartoon. Did she, it. Said I live action. Action. she said live oh, action. She said live action. Oh, live yeah. action. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the cartoon is the best part of doing amazing. it. Amazing. Because they did it as a saga. Because here's the thing. And Wolverine and the X Men did a really great take on it they too. They did. And with the whole Dark Phoenix thing, it never just starts out as dark. Yeah. It always starts out as you know a, a force usually for good, and then it progresses with staying inside the character or the host, and you know living off their emotions and whatever and then it goes I want more consume planet yeah 
I guess I guess here's my thing. If it's so hard to adapt this story in film it. form, do something else. Yeah. Like There's I said, plenty of X-Men stories. You, you've is. got over 50 years of comic book stories with dozens upon dozens of unique, colorful characters. They, s- <laughs> they still have yet to adapt Genosha, which is great. Well, they had it in this one, kind of. No, they didn't. No, that they, is not Genosha, no, they, and you it, know it. Uh, who, who was supposed to be? It, oh. No. It's, so Genosha is the mutant kind of safe haven. It's supposed to be a city that rivals Wakanda. It's supposed to be like an entire country, like an island. Oh, that was supposed to be the island that it's Magneto not It's a proto Genosha. supposed to be some Shanty nudist town. farm. Like, <laughs> you said it's a colony. <laughs> yeah, like that's what it is. I mean, I get that they didn't, they obviously couldn't, you know, have a huge cityscape. But if your but... whole story is about Genosha. Well, there's, I mean, I would like to see like like an Asteroid M or like a House of M story. Uh, They still have yet to introduce Mr. Sinister. Morlocks would have been cool again. At the Essex Corp, yeah, at the end of Apocalypse. This this movie made me miss Wolverine. Oh, yeah. See, and that's another thing, too, people, and I'm going to, because people are like, oh, well, it's not an X-Men movie without Wolverine. Technically, in the Phoenix storyline, Wolverine doesn't play a huge part in it anyway. No. Oh, no, no, that's fine. If I said every other X-Men movie has had him in yes, it. Yes, and everyone's just... like, he should be in it. No, he shouldn't, because if he's in love with Gene, that's really creepy. He should be in it, because at least Hugh Jackman is fun to watch. Yeah. Right? I, that's I... why, at the beginning of this, you said it's not better, or not worse than X-Men Origins. It is, this is worse than X-Men Origins for me, because at least Hugh Jackman commits to his role... And gave a performance of something. So right? I haven't seen X Men Origins. You've no, never seen. That's it. the only one I haven't seen. So That's I can't okay. say that. I actually think Apocalypse was worse than this. I agree. Mm. Honestly, I would rather watch this again well, than Apocalypse. Here's the thing with this story. I really would. And the director even said that he wanted to tell a very like you know, con- not condensed, but a, a very raw and personal story instead of what apocalypse was which is a whole cgi mess this one does have obviously cgi how are you gonna do a raw and personal story with a character like apocalypse that doesn't make any sense no with dark phoenix not with apocalypse he wanted to do the opposite of what apocalypse even dark phoenix is if you want to do a raw story then you do a small scale something doing and this felt much more small scale well this felt much more small scale than apocalypse did and that this film almost made me think of like an independent film like, I mean, we never really understood what the consequences were going to be. Yeah. Right? Because like, she never used her powers in a way that would be like, I could destroy a whole town like this. Like, you know, we're told that they're going to take over, that the, 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 the Dabari are going to take over the planet. But, like, they don't do anything that makes me believe that's going to happen And there's only, like, 40 of them. Like, right? And guns, not small guns, but guns can stop them. And yeah. we have bombs and tanks and missiles. So, like, I don't feel like this would be a big threat. Yeah. At any point. Right. <laughs> That's why I thought the Shi'ar would have been a little but, bit better. But. Is it, but your point about it feeling like an independent film is Compared funny because it has a $200 million budget. Yes. But it just felt like... Where just, did that money go? Well, look. Scale-wise, it felt it that way. Poor. This is this is how I feel about this movie in a nutshell. I don't understand how you can have these these actors, this caliber of acting class... That kind of $200 million budget, which is Star Wars movie budget, by the way, mm-hmm. and so much source material and makes such a boring, bland, inconsistent movie. 
I think it's tons of reasons. I think it's studio involvement. I think it's the fact that the studio never really had a full plan. They were like, let's just make X-Men movies. I think it's because the movies are too spread out and the majority of the actors have other work. Even the smaller ones, Alexandra Ship is in stuff, Cody Smith McPhee is in stuff, mm -hmm. Ty, or Ty Sheridan is in other stuff now. None of them have time for a movie they know is not going to make them a lot of money in the end off of rights, off of anything. Do so, you think the merger didn't help things either? I really doubt that that had much to do yeah. with what we ended up with, honestly. it was done filming a while back. I, right. I think that whole Captain Marvel excuse is just bullshit. I think it's complete bullshit because in the comics, I, I don't care if Feige says that... Captain Marvel is supposed to be the most powerful person in the MCU. That's with the characters they have. Jean Grey would obviously tip the scales, but mm -hmm. her powers are based on emotion and her sanity that wavers back and forth. So that creates a whole different storylines. It's she's plenty different from Captain Marvel. Even the similarities can be explained though. There have been plenty of times where completely different studios ended up making movies that were almost identical. What was it? Uh, uh, we had White House Down or like the sky is falling. This is falling. You have bugs, bugs, and, life, and bugs life and ants. Yeah. Right. Like, it happens all the time. So maybe that's what happened here. I don't know. But the movie was even all the reshoots were done long before this merger happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't believe that for a minute. I don't. I believe that the third act probably sucked <laughs> and people didn't like it. But the whole like shape-shifting thing happens like for five seconds and then it's never really referenced ever again. I never really thought the Dabari and the Skrulls were the same. I didn't connect them because it's not the same story to me. I was able to cognizantly make the separation. I will say that I liked the first act of the film. second act was very muddled and kind of eh. And I did like the third act. The first act they did take basically take straight from the comics with a so you like space. the act where she forces Xavier to walk upstairs no. to make fun of him because he's a cripple in that's, front of everybody. That like, was really. That, I don't understand the what the act. point of that was. I didn't like that. I no, I did not like that. That was that was a really poor choice. Yeah, yeah. Who, how many people had to sign off on that? What none of the actors were like, why are we doing this? I had actually for I had blocked that out. I had forgotten about that. What that an scene really bothered scene. me. Um, I'm surprised McAvoy was willing to do it and maybe he didn't have a choice. I don't know. I mean, like, they're not going to put a gun to his head, but millions of dollars are on I don't the even line. understand what they but thought the point of that was. It like, was pretty cool. I think it was hard just to, like, torment him, I think. That's... But, but it just came across as making fun of somebody because of a disability. Like... I don't know why... If you're going to do that, if you're going to prove that she is not only mentally stronger but physically as well, why not just lift him straight up in the chair? Why instead of saying walk to me, say like come to me? Humiliating. Yeah. Also, why does everything have to be X branded now? They have the X phone and like the X water bottles. I love the X phone. That was hilarious. It reminded me of the silly Powerpuff Girls phone that was direct to the mayor. I think remember the Batman. I think the idea. I'm not saying it was well executed. I think it was supposed to show that this is all about Xavier's ego. Right, that he wants, he can profit off it and market it. And go Those to X suits things. were really bad too, by the way. Oh I my god, like they were like I've that seen cosplayers do so much better. Like I, it, it made me miss the old black leather ones, right? Oh, I always hated those. And I would rather yeah, have seen those. Than the, than the ones in this movie? Yeah, I, I would rather see the black leather. the fact that they teased us with the like kind of classic looking costumes in Apocalypse and then we have these costumes. They're taken from comics as well. They are stripped. From, They're from Whedon's line. Yes. Yeah. But they were not executed well. 
on screen they look very different. My favorite costume so far has been from First Class. I loved that. The first Those class were costumes. cool. Yeah. Yeah, first class was pretty solid. Wait, first class was my favorite of the of these four the movies. New ones. I, yeah. I honestly prefer my X Men in mismatching outfits. I don't like them in their uniforms when they all match. To me, that doesn't define really what the X Men's about. But if we're talking about matching uniforms, yeah, first class hands down. They were my favorite. Well, it's one of the things the animated show did really well. There were a lot of similar color usage, but they were all mm -hmm. pretty wildly different designs. Mm -hmm. Lots of yellows, lots of blues, but then they kind of deviated from yeah. there. Yeah. They all had their own unique style and tone to it, you know, and I mean, maybe it's just cheaper in real life to make them all look the same. I don't really know, but um, the more we talk about this, the more I'm changing my mind about I think where it, was it ranks. <laughs> It was bad. <laughs> I think it was just a symbolism of like them actually being a team because in the yeah. X-Men movies, we see them as a team, but it, you know, this one was really like they're using their powers consecutively as a team, whereas the other ones, you know, they, they kind of break off at some points and whatever, but this one kind of felt more like a family team. I don't know. Like, I'm... A family I, that has like nobody that likes each other in the whole thing except Gene and Cyclops. A normal family then, yes. I guess. I don't know. Well, how about the end of this movie for a minute? Okay. So about the train sequence or no 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 like okay. literally the end of the movie. The oh, when they're playing chess and Powie. right. So Powie. Powie. Xavier's been cut off from the president. They've had a fight with civilians in the middle of a of a civilian public street. They yeah. damaged cars. York. You know they've they've crashed vehicles, hurt people. Right, like all this stuff. And again. Magneto's just strolling around at the end of The Dark Knight Rises and uh, you know so is Xavier like nothing's wrong no, seriously when I when they cut to that scene and Xavier's sitting at like Serious a little vibes. cafe did you expect like, Bruce Wayne to pop up if he does if he like perks up and across the way is Raven I'm gonna lose my freaking mind and she just goes like you know but like just nods it was so reminiscent of that and for people who listen to the show know I hate that freaking movie The Dark Knight Rises so like that's not a good feeling for me but what happens? Magneto shows up and they he offers to play some freaking chess again. And it's just so... In the end, this movie is about chess. It's so repetitive. Like, yeah. in the original, when you see Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and they're in the, the glass, the plexiglass yeah. thing, right? And they're going to play glass chess or whatever. Like, it's a cool moment because it's the end of the first movie, right? And you see that Xavier is willing to look past the differences and his troubled friend, Right. But now... But also you feel way more sympathy for Magneto in that movie. In the first because movie, Because sure. you got so much of his backstory and it was executed extremely well. Well, and there's a human who's clearly an awful person, yeah. right? And so Magneto, you can kind of see where you're like, well, he went too far, but I, I get why you thought you needed to do something. Yeah. Human registries are never a good right? thing. Right. I mean, it's so... Mm -hmm. For me personally, the first movie really speaks to me, but it's been a while. Right, there's there's been if you if you ignore the offshoot films, right? This is number seven. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. Right. So I'm done with that at this point. It's I boring. Am, I'm I'm looking forward to an X Men break. I'm looking forward to other people getting their hands on it and different. It's gonna actors. be like at least five or eight years, I think, until we see another. See, X -Men I don't film. want necessarily an X Men break. Like I love the characters still, oh, yeah. but the movies. I just want them done right. That's all. Like if they I did one next one. year. 
I just well, I, I would be okay with they're that. They're still going to release New Mutants. The content is done. Disney is still going to but release it. But we know, it. based on the track record, that's probably not going to be. Well, and they're reshooting a lot of it. I'm betting to also kind of because that always the MCU. Spo- but they were doing reshoots long before the merger too, which yeah. has me concerned yes. as well. Like, but now they're doing reshoots on those reshoots. Lacey Williams has no idea when that movie is no. coming out. Like we have a release date now, right? But they haven't communicated this oh, to the actors yeah. even. I'm really bummed about it because the purifiers are absolutely horrifying. They're basically the Westboro Baptist Church against mutants, and that's who the main villain is, and the new mutants are supposed to be uh, Wolfbane's dad, who is a leader of the purifiers. Mm. I've been waiting to see them on the big screen because they're a huge foe, and uh, extreme... Christianity, terrorist acts by Christians is kind of prevalent in the news. It would be socially on point. So I've been waiting for this and it's never going to happen. It's going to get torn to shreds and they're going to release what they have on something and then it'll be gone very soon after. Like It's going to be a repeat of this. I, I feel My- like what they're doing is they're taking this movie, they're putting it through a shredder, they're taping it back up and then putting it through a shredder and then taping and then... My, my hope would be that, you know, maybe they are going to somehow use it to springboard new X-Men stories because it doesn't have any ex- other existing characters I think they in will. it. But I, I am worried that maybe that's just too optimistic. Um, I don't want... It's not that I want a break from the X-Men. Like, there, there's been... Uh, the, the guys who did the the animated series have, have talked about how they want to bring it back, right? I would love that. I would welcome that. That would be wonderful. I, I think I want a break... Because I want to break from these movies. Yeah. I don't want to see this anymore. You want to break from Fox X Men. And I do want to see. Not necessarily Fox. I just Deadpool three. Like I want that. Yeah. I want that movie. I want to see Deadpool three. Even I didn't and... love Deadpool two. Yeah, I will go see. But I Deadpool love 3. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. That's why, like, it's not that I want to break from Fox because that's also a Fox property, Deadpool. So clearly, somebody can do their jobs over there, right? So my my, I just. Start. I want something started over. Forget these actors. Forget this storyline. Forget this convoluted, time jumpy, inconsistent mess, and just start over. I was going to ask if you could bring any of these actors. Would you bring at least one? No. Reprise their role. No one. Not even one. They. I thought that's what they were doing with First Class when they redid it in Days of Future Past. I thought it was a cool concept because that's a pretty rare thing to pull off. But no, I want a clean break, a fresh start, whole new cast. Maybe even focus on some slightly different character lineups. Whatever it needs have to Jubilee be. Have Jubilee do something. Do some different stories. Get, like, the Exiles in there or X-Force. Start on a smaller scale and build from there. New Mutants could do that if they want to drop that completely. Then there are other connections to the MCU. We can make this happen. It can be good again. Right? I mean, the Deadpool movie's only real connection to the other films is the, is the mansion and the, and, the, and the... Well, it's a different actor, though. So it's not even the same version of the yeah. character. Oh, yeah. So the, the building is really the only thing. Now, I guess there is... There's the cameo of there's them. There's the in. cameo of them, which is disappointing. But it is Deadpool, and he could have some type of fourth wall nonsense. Oh, like for he sure. does about is this is this the the Patrick Stewart one or, or the, the you know? James McAvoy? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny, which is hilarious, right? But maybe that maybe they'll find a way to fourth wall it. I don't know. So, so did anyone here like the score for this movie? Because Hans Zimmer did the score, and I loved it. I didn't even notice no, it. I'm it was, so yeah, sorry. forgettable. At the I, I recognized it as Hans Zimmer. I don't remember any of it at this point which I is like a shame three or four songs on my phone right now I, I like it. Hans Zimmer 
But if you isolate it and just listen to the soundtrack, it looks it sounds really good. I I wouldn't be surprised if I did like it because Hans Zimmer is incredible. I would listen talented. to it. If I, it's very. I good. was so distracted by what was on screen. The the movie soundtracks I've heard this year have been really quite good. I mean, Godzilla had was very a really good. good soundtrack in it. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, Avengers Endgame had a phenomenal soundtrack in it. But that's Alan Silvestri, and you know, he has yes. a style that I like. Yes. And um, this one was just I don't even remember it. Oh. I mean, I, I can re- I can remember the animated series theme song quicker but quicker than anything in any of the live action films from a music perspective from a soundtrack perspective a score perspective and i've seen all of them since the animated series i haven't watched an episode of the animated series since i was a kid see i could you know i can pinpoint the soundtrack just because i like listening to soundtracks though so maybe that's just i mean why well i do but not these have never been memorable enough for me um so so ranking them from Let's just do first class to Dark Phoenix. Let's just do the four new ones. Okay. Rank them one to four. First the order class. they came out. Yes. My only difference would be I'd probably flop Days of Future Past and First Class just because I'm a sucker for the old cast. I, I am really too. love them. That's my number one pick. The more I watch it, the more I dislike that movie. I feel okay. like those actors deserved a better send off than just a really okay. at least Storm and Holly Berry. For uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen de- deserved a better send off than a quick flash in a hallway. I mean, I feel like it was a better send off than The Last Stand. For sure. I didn't like that movie from the beginning, so but I liked yeah. it better than Apocalypse and Phoenix. So that's fair. Basically, they just got progressively worse for me. So the order that's they came it. out in is the order that I would go with. Same here. So mine goes Days of Future Past. Phoenix first class apocalypse. Wow. Why do you hate I don't Why no, do you bring no, I, I don't hate first class. I don't hate it at all. But I just for me in general, I don't like origin movies that much, especially for characters that I've seen a lot. Uh so the first class just kinda of, kinda of felt like, okay, whatever. Um It has Kevin Bacon in it. Like I said, okay, <laughs> whatever. Calm down through this. I agree. Joke. Yeah. It's just a joke. Um so that's and plus, you know, obviously I have a connection. I love the Phoenix a lot. So that's, it raises up a little bit more, but still Apocalypse for me is bloop. See, it's interesting. I think you and I handle those things differently. Like when it's something that's really important to me, I'm even that much more critical of it. I think that's my thing. But that's where we are, I guess, guys. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Anything else you want to discuss for the movie? No. no. Uh, there's no post credit scene. There is not, but I figured there wouldn't so, be. That's not super shocking. But they don't have anything to look forward to. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's fine. Uh, they could have. Their de- timeline is ended. They there's... could have thrown in a teaser for New Mutants just to remind people that it exists. No, but, um, they're not going to. Um, they wanted to. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> uh, but that's it. You know, um, it's uh, worst opening weekend for an X Men film. It's the worst rated on Rotten Tomatoes, and. That's not super surprising. Even lower than Origins Wolverine yes. and some of those. So. Which I, which is the one I haven't seen, so I can't rank that one. But The Wolverine Origins has the best opening montage of any superhero Oh, him going movie. through the decades, you mean? Or yeah. yeah. I have yeah. seen that clip, and it's it pretty cool. So that is pretty good. good. Yeah. 
But again, and Hugh Jackman. Leif Schreiber, you know, like, let's face it, he's a much better actor than wrestler Tyler Maine, so Sabretooth was interesting. <laughs> Gambit could fly for no reason, so that was cool. Yeah. Was he standing on cards? No. No, he did do the thing. Did he do the thing? He yeah. did the thing. Sweet. But he was a horrible Gambit. Well, I guess we, we can say that we're probably never going to see Channing Tatum's Gambit movie. So I also find it hilarious it. how he... It was like the first thing. Well, did you see, like, there are a few photos that were released when Dark Phoenix got released of like the X-Men cast like for publicity photos and like magazine photos and he's in there and so when he's wearing a Gambit shirt I'm like oh you poor bastard poor guy Channing Tatum ain't shit <laughs> so sorry sir they could Marvel could always recruit him but I doubt they will alright we should wrap up okay guys we are finished for today so you can follow Screen Heroes at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter you can follow the Heroes Podcast Network at Heroes Podcast on Twitter Facebook Instagram and you can always check us out in heroespodcast.com you can listen to our podcasts every week all of our shows all five of them I think we have five do we have four we do we have five we have five shows guys and we release, I never know when we have stuff. Um, <laughs> you can check us out on most podcast players, including Spreaker and iTunes, or it's Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify. It's exciting. I, I, okay. It's <laughs> the big one. That's the big one. You're the big one. You can follow Ryan at Buster Props on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Derek at the Star Trek Dude on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow me at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can follow Ian at... Are you not going to finish it? Okay. At House of Turner Cosplay on Facebook and Instagram. And then also follow Echo Station Cast, which is the Star Wars podcast on the Twitter sphere. And one final plug, go to thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19, arts and entertainment. Nominate us for best local podcast of 2019, Screen Heroes. Woo! Yay. Thanks for joining us. Bye, guys.